my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Kevin Mould. How are you, Kevin? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so good to see you. Kevin was uh, one of my favorite students here at Cal Poly when he was here. He was a 2014 graduate of our program, um, did all kinds of great stuff when he was here at Cal Poly. He is currently serving as the as a senior product marketing manager for a company called Outreach, um, and he's based out of Seattle, Washington. Is that correct, uh, Kevin? Yep. I've left my California roots to, to move to the land of, of Bigfoot and rain. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I've got a I've got a Bigfoot uh head cover on my uh driver. So uh so I, I'm giving you a shout out there every time I walk around the links. So uh well I love it up there in the Pacific Northwest. It's just uh just a gorgeous part of the world and um happy that you've um that you've uh, made a home up there. We're gonna we're gonna get to your current position, but I want to go back and and let our listeners hear a little bit about where you're from and, and your roots and whatnot. Tell us tell us uh, where you grew up. Um, so I'm originally from Mountain View, California. So if you think San Francisco Bay Area, uh, go about 45 minutes south of that towards San Jose and you hit Mountain View, probably best known to most people as the uh, birthplace of Google and LinkedIn and a couple of those companies that, you know, I think most of us probably interact with on a daily basis, but yeah. um, I, I, I get to brag that I was there before any of that. So, right, so, right. That's a, a fun claim to fame. <laughs> right. The heart of Silicon Valley before it got, uh, before it blew up huh, and got just uh, mm -hmm. explosive growth and tons of people and whatnot. That's awesome. What, what was, uh, what did your parents do when you were growing up? Were they the founder um, of Google and LinkedIn? Yeah, so despite what most people would expect, <laughs> given the industry of the area, uh, neither of my parents had anything to do with technology whatsoever. Mm. Um, sort of where they happened to end up. So um, uh, at the time I was born, my uh, mom was working for a company called Alza. Uh, she has a, a, a master's in organic chemistry so working on like chemical compounds and chemical engineering things like that wow uh, and then That's my dad uh, is and always has been uh, a civil engineer so oh, cool. working a lot as you know a lot of government contracting work stuff like that building building buildings uh well i'll tell you uh, mom i'm sorry about that smarty pants uh reference uh when kevin was talking uh but when i hear organic chemistry that, that she was doing organic chemistry i know how incredibly smart she is because that that's what took me off of my path uh down the pre-dental track i was like ooh, organic yeah. chemistry i cannot <laughs> my mind is not capable of following that um so that's great you had a couple of um of uh of pro professional parents growing up that were that were engaged in some pretty high level stuff and that that explains um Kevin when I when I first met him I was like you could tell from the first day that Kevin was super sharp and super intellect intellectual and asked just great questions I always loved that about Kevin Let's talk a little bit more about growing up, though, and you you building your and building your identity. Uh, what what were you into? What was your jam? Um, you know, I was I was all over the place. I think I dabbled a little bit in everything. I think you know when I was young, young little kid, I played all the typical sports you would expect: baseball, t-ball, soccer. 
the one that definitely stuck the most was basketball. Um, I mean, I'm, I am six foot two and I've always been on the taller end as a kid. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was the one that, that stuck the most and you would find me playing and, you know, YMCA leagues and youth leagues and stuff like that, uh, growing up, that was, that was a big part of my activity. And other than that, you know, it's California is a great place to go up as a, a kid because there really are no seasons where you can't run around outside barefoot. Uh, so did a lot of that middle of December, still shorts and a t-shirt running around outside barefoot. Yeah. Um, definitely become a little bit more temperature sensitive as I've gotten older, but, uh, yeah. you know, lot, lots of outdoor activity, um, no problems going and running into 50 degree ocean water, right. things like that. Uh, that's, that's also definitely changed over time, but very, very active as a kid, like to run around and explore and, and just enjoy everything. Of course. Any siblings? Uh, no, I am an only child. Actually. You're an only child. Okay, awesome. That's cool. So uh, I, I, I'm curious about this. Now, with a with a mom as a scientist and a dad as an engineer, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty natural that you found Cal Poly, right? But uh, not as natural that you would go into recreation, parks, and tourism administration <laughs> with sport management as a concentration. So did you have to sell them on that, or were they uh, were they supportive from day one? Uh, definitely supportive from, from day one, you know, I, I was blessed with, with extremely, um, not just like, you know, academically intelligent, but I think also emotionally intelligent parents. Um, and, and their goal for me has always been nothing other than what, what makes me happy and what I want to do. And, you know, they're the phrase that, that my mom and dad always uses as long as I'm trying my best, like any anything I do is, is, you know, is successful in their mind. I mean, I'm sure behind that, they knew that my best is usually pretty good. And that's not meant to sound like (laughs) it's not meant to be a brag, but um, I'm sure, you know, they had ulterior motive behind the way they were framing that. Um, Right. But um, no, very, very supportive of of what I chose to do. That's cool. Well, I'll have to thank your parents because I I think they maybe just helped me be a bit better parent with a with a twelve and a fourteen year old out there. You know, <laughs> so, it's you know you, you you can't win every battle. Um, in, as right. long as you try your best, that's that's all you can hope to do. That's right. That's right. I, I realized um, a couple of days ago with my daughter that you know I I go throughout the day with um people looking for my advice right and looking for me to teach them and then I go home and I try to do that with my kids and sometimes they just want you to listen you know and uh and be a shoulder to lean on and I have a tendency to want to like fix everything and be the teacher and so uh I'm learning as, as I go along so let's talk about that um transition um Kevin to to Cal Poly obviously yeah. Mountain View is not very far away we've actually and you can probably confirm this it feels like we have a pipeline in uh that Mountain View area a uh, lot of a lot of um students uh seem to come from that area um, so, you know, it's not as, uh, it's not as extreme, obviously that you would find Cal Poly, but everybody has a story about it. Um, what's your, what's your story? Yeah. So I think there's two dimensions to this. One was sort of choosing the major and the other was choosing the school. Right. Um, I, you know, when I was looking for schools, I was sort of staying within California. I think I wanted to be in a place where, um, I was far enough away that it didn't feel like home, but close enough that it wasn't difficult for me to go home if I wanted to. And Cal Poly definitely checked that box. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I think the other component to it was just uh, of all of all the campus tours that I did. Uh, I mean, one shout out, and I'm sure they still do an amazing job. The Poly reps, but just the unmatched level of energy uh, right. of the people that gave me my Cal Poly tour. But two, I, I think the second you visit and see the city of San Luis Obispo, um, there's just an immediate like gravity to it um, that that just sort of attached me to it and um, everything else I saw in LA and San Diego and, and other places throughout the state just, just didn't quite carry the same gravitas for me, I think, as, as the city of San Luis Obispo did um, and the campus. So, I mean, from, from a school perspective, it wasn't a hard choice. And, and also, you know, knowing the... Um, you know, just 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 the bona fides and the accolades that Cal Poly comes with as, as a university are top notch as, as far as public schools go. Um, so that that definitely factored into the decision as well. And then in terms of the major, you know, Cal Poly is sort of unique in in the way we you know, you know structure the the learn by doing curricula such that you're doing major stuff um, from year one and kind of needing to have some sense of of what you want to do and. Uh, for me, it was there was uh, another um, Parks and Recreation alumnus that was a year ahead of me in high school that I went to the same high school with. And oh. he had uh, indicated that was the major that he was going to go into um, the year that, that he graduated from my high school. And once I heard about that, I was like, wow, that that sounds cool. Right. Um, that sounds like something I would be very interested in is this like sport management, like sport marketing um angle and so that's that's what i signed signed up for parks and recreation knowing that that would be sort of the concentration i wanted to dip my feet into once that that conversation came around right well i i love it kevin and um i have a feeling our admissions people are going to get a hold of this podcast and they're going to want to like clip out that audio piece <laughs> that you just gave for uh for san luis obispo and cal poly like wow just uh just incredibly uh just incredibly well articulated and um and it, it really it really is amazing the draw you know and obviously uh, when i'm talking to when i'm talking to cal poly alum obviously everyone sa says something along those lines right um but but it really is pretty powerful i mean i remember when i when i first got to san luis obispo i was like oh wow i thought chapel hill and franklin street was pretty amazing uh you know my my alma mater unc chapel hill but our downtown like just destroys uh franklin street it's just such an amazing uh downtown mm. and just a great vibe and feel just love it so so let's talk about your time at cal poly you you really left um kevin and and you you left and and an indelible mark on on the program when you were here the, the the things that you did and the leadership that you brought to the table was just uh astounding so we're not going to be able to get into every single one of those right and so i'd love for you if you could to just pull out one or two things that when you when you look back you think to yourself like oh wow that really helped to form uh help to inform me and help helped me to become the professional that I am today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um I think within within the I guess what is now the experience industry management department. Yeah. Um I, I think the thing I probably benefited from the most in, in being able to look at this in hindsight is just the diversity of interest that exists within it. Um Right. 
right? It's, it's, it, everything is tied together by the consistent thread of, of wanting to build better experiences, but that manifests in different ways, depending on what people are interested in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one, one of the values of education is getting exposed to diverse backgrounds and experiences and interests. And, and when you have that many, like sort of nuanced and different concentrations in one place with a common core, mm-hmm. um, I think reflecting back on that, that was a really good opportunity to get exposed to, to sort of lots of different, um, you know, educational philosophies and, and interests and career goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and frankly, with all the professional development stuff, just getting to be able to speak to lots of different professionals and different, um, you know, different industries. Um, and, you know, over the course of my career, I think just getting the breadth of exposure to different people and and, and different perspectives and different backgrounds is yeah. sort of what helps us grow the most. And I think that's one thing that I would really appreciate or, uh, about the major. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And, you know, we're doing even more of that, obviously, with experience industry management and and integrating experience design and into the curriculum. And you know, one of the reasons why I I started this podcast was so that um, uh, you know, one obviously I miss you guys, I miss I miss our, our former students, and I want to connect. So I I tell everybody there's a there is a selfish component to it, right? You know, as a as a professor, I, I love reconnecting with you all, but but um. The, the other part is just making sure, you know, like for you right now, you're you're a product marketing manager in, in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in technology, right? A technology company. And um, I, we also we want to show how that transferability of skills, um, you never really leave the experience industry, in other words, um, because um, all of us are, are, are most companies in the world in some way, shape or form are co-creating experiences. And so I love that you that you uh, hit on that right away. Um, now, I, I got to get you to I got to get you to tell the story. You've had a really incredible career in, in just your less than 10 years, um, less than 10 years out of Cal Poly, you've done some amazing things. But uh, we got to talk about your internship, because you, you, you wrote me, a, you wrote me an email and, um, and, and reached out and let me know uh, what experience that you got uh, with your with your Niners intern, uh with your uh, San Francisco 49ers internship. Mm-hmm. And you basically I think you told me like, well, I've reached the peak. I'm never <laughs> I'm, not, I'm never going to never going to be experience anything quite like this. So tell us, first of all, about um, about that internship, how you got that internship and then and then share with us that special moment. Um, yeah, so I think the uh, gosh. The Niners internship, that was uh, just just an application online. I think it was, I don't know if it's still called, I think it's still called Teamwork Online. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 yep. the sports jobs listing site. And I know they had been, they're searching for like game day, event day, marketing um, interns. And I and I knew once I graduated Cal Poly that my plan was sort of to to, to go back home and, and move back to the Bay Area, at least for the near term. Um, and, you know, ended up getting getting an interview for that role that I just sort of applied for online. 
um, <clears throat> it was really convenient because that was also the first year that the Niners were going to be in uh, Levi's Stadium, which is the the new new venue that they have there in Santa Clara, which is you know ten minutes down the road from where my parents live. Right. Um, so incredibly, you know, uh, convenient from a uh, commute perspective in order to get there, but also just an amazing opportunity because that was going to be the first year in a brand new NFL venue that had never seen a single day of uh, professional sports action before in its in its existence. So um, really neat opportunity. And, and I actually got to go in there and I started working there, you know, over the course of the, the summer after I graduated on weekends. Um, and so I got exposure not just to once we got into the season, but also just like the NFL preseason and a lot of like the summer um action so being present at some of like the training camp um activations and and going and cross-pollinating i remember gosh i did visits to you know went to like stanford uh stanford events i think a couple stanford soccer games i think a couple like mls soccer games that they were playing mm -hmm. up at uh candlestick uh, before they demolished it rest in peace mm -hmm. um and you know, to help get people excited for, for the Niners preseason and then sort of work there like through the preseason games um, that they had and then into the beginning of, of the uh, regular season. And, and I, I think the story you're getting at is is the, the regular season opener for that. You know, it was the first game in the new stadium. So they had it slated for Monday Night Football. Um, so the Monday Night Football game, I want to... I'm not going to pretend like I remember which team they're playing because I'll probably get it wrong. Um, well, you, you can remember who was uh, who, who walked to the 50, who you yeah, walked Yeah, exactly. So uh, long story <laughs> short, um, you know, they said, hey, you're you're working on the Hall of Fame. And I was like, OK, great. Like that. That sounds fun. Like, let's do that because there actually is a location uh, <laughs> within the new stadium that has the 49ers. Uh, Hall of Fame, like statues and stuff. And I figured that that's what they meant. Um, what they actually meant is you're going to be working with the Hall of Famers who are going to be in attendance at this game um, <laughs> for the inaugural opening of the stadium. And so probably just the most surreal experience of my life, you know, team is running out of the tunnel at this new stadium for the first time. There's fireworks going off and like, you know, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Niners legends standing there at like the 50 yard line on the field and i'm i don't know maybe 10 feet behind them right there on the field as all of this is happening right um and so that you know it's uh that that was what prompted me to send the email and i was like well uh, i think my sports career has peaked i don't know <laughs> i don't know if it's gonna get any more interesting than this what uh, i what i got like that ending or, or winning a super bowl or something like that but yeah yeah well when i got that email i was like well i don't i I think you might be right. I'm not sure I've ever heard anyone uh, get quite the experience like that. Get to walk, uh, uh, walk Joe Montana, uh, Jerry Rice. I think you said Ronnie Lott and Dwight Clark. Weren't there four of yes, them? I think yeah, it was, yeah, there's I think it was those four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause I've told the story many times, Kevin, you know, we, uh, you know, we old professors, we, we live vicariously through our students. And, um, and so I, I've told the, the story many times and, uh, probably more than you've told it. Right. <laughs> but, uh, 
I love it. What a what an experience. Just uh, just so amazing. So let's talk about uh, venturing out from there. So I know from, um, you know, you had a, you had a position with George P. Johnson and then mm-hmm. and then with with the San Francisco 49ers. And then you if I remember correctly, you started to get it more into the tech sphere with yeah. um, with a couple of startups and whatnot like what led you down that path um and um and if you could during those um you know during those couple we, we're not going to go through each one but um uh until we get to google obviously we'll talk about google but um was there was there a takeaway that you had from that period moving out of the 49ers into the tech world um it you know it's sort of one of those like, and then one thing led to another kind of situations. Uh, right. You know, some of it certainly is benefiting from where I was located, being back home in the Bay Area, which is kind of the right. birthplace of technology, anything really. Right. Um, and so it's just kind of an organic transition where an opportunity popped up to work with a, a small startup um, that was there that was, you know, it, it it wasn't like a full sale transition because they're, they they were in like the sports medicine um, space. Like a lot of what they worked on was around pairing both like self-reported data from an athlete as well as data that you could capture from wearables, from cameras, from things like that to actually sort of help, you know, athletic training teams that are working for, with professional athletes. Like figure out if a pitcher is being uh, overworked and doing too many throws or something like that. Like they can say like, oh, hey, you know, we're noticing the, uh, uh, you know, camera shots that we're taking that this guy's uh, shoulder mobility is reduced. And he's also reporting um, lower quality sleep. Like mm-hmm. we recommend that like you reduce pitch volume in practice, like things like that to, oh, to wow. prevent them from like overworking athletes. So it's a really interesting hybrid of sort of getting into like still being in the sports space, but also dipping my feet into kind of technology marketing um, at the same time. And, and, you know, it's a good knowledge base then. And I think one of the benefits of the degree is that it comes both with the domain specific knowledge of events or sports, or whatever it is you're working on, but also sort of the, the general um, like, you know, business base around accounting and marketing and finance and, you know, economics and just how to think about being part of a, a business that needs to operate uh, yeah. and make money and, and sell its product to customers. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where I started to sort of like connect those two pieces together. Love it. Love it. So the next, uh, you know, the next few years, uh, it, when you when you look at your your career arc, um, you, you uh, work for this, uh, this company, I'm not sure too many have heard of it, but uh, go, called Google. Um, uh, and, and but but you were you were you had a number of different roles. So mm-hmm. um, I wonder if you can, you know, there, there's been a lot written about the Google experience. Yeah. And, um, and uh, obviously, there's been movies made about it, right? Um, so I wonder if you can, uh, you know, let us uh, let us behind the curtain, if you will, you, you worked both contract and full time employed for Google. Um, what's it like? What's it like on the Google campus? And to be a part of that? Um, amazing um super large network um yeah i mean from from an experiential perspective the closest thing i can compare it to is probably a college campus right um everybody's you know sort of consistent set of buildings everybody riding their bikes around everybody has uh you know corporate themed t-shirts or sweatshirts or whatever that they're wearing so you know if you swap out like a 
Cal Poly or, you know, Pac-12 logo for the Google logo, like very, very, very similar experience when you're meandering around the campus. Right. The cafeterias, like all the, all the whole nine yards. But, right. um, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun experience and, and the biggest benefit, I think, just being like the sheer intelligence of the people that you work with at that uh-huh. company or really any of the companies in that area is just incredible right like it's it's where the smartest people in the entire world make their way to in order to do whatever it is that they do whether it's engineering or uh, finance or legal work or marketing and so um i think of my early years at google is is sort of my crash course in education for a lot of what i do now yeah. um, i think cal poly gave me gave me a really good base but then just working with and learning from people who are very exceptional right. uh, at what they do is sort of like what prepped me for you know the jobs that I've had and sort of like the five or six years since I since I first started right. working there I think you know when I joined I, I very much started as just sort of you know things that that could really be derived I think a lot from sort of like the event management skill set so a lot of like program management and organization and implementation and those things that you learn to do very very well when you're working on planning and executing events right like no stone left unturned every detail covered um but it was then sort of balancing that with with learning from um from our product marketers and from our partner marketers um, and and just seeing how they do their jobs and and that again is where i just count my blessings for the people i met along the way because the person that offered me the contract at google i think is just um you know, I, every once in a while, I think in their career, everybody meets people who just see your potential. Um, and, you know, they they see who you are today, but they also see what you have the potential to be based on your skill set and just the way that you solve problems and the way you think. Um, and, you know, very, very thankful to him because I know that he saw that in me when I very first started. And that's what sort of gave me the opportunity to grow. Very cool. So you, you essentially have a five year graduate degree from Google. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, uh, now in between and, and, um, uh, you, you, well, not in between while you were still working for Google, you moved up to Seattle. Is that right? So, yeah. uh, the, so Google working for Google cloud up in, up in Seattle. And then obviously mm-hmm. Seattle being more of the hub for Amazon, I guess there was, yep. a, you know, <laughs> uh, can you, can you tell us about what that transition was like in in moving up to Seattle and then transitioning between two you, you know global giants obviously mm-hmm. in, in the tech industry in in Google and Amazon so so uh, describe that yeah for me. so I mean the move up to Seattle itself was again it was just it was sort of an opportunity that presented itself um, just working for Google you know really was was looking to especially with the cloud division and sort of the enterprise division Microsoft is based up here uh, Amazon is based up here all the other big players in the space are based up here and those those companies love to um, we'll call it trade uh, employees with each other on a, on a fairly regular basis so uh, making people not have to move is is a big benefit so they're building a lot a lot of new office space um, here in in Seattle especially like for that division and at that point in my life, I was like, you know, I've I've lived in California for 28 years. Um, right. I feel like I've had a fairly good foundation of experience here. It was kind of reaching the point where uh, I was living in, I moved in, in into a, a house in San Francisco at the time and was living there for a couple of years and kind of at the point where it's like, you know, 
there's <laughs> there's not many things that anyone can suggest that I look at before and be like, oh, I haven't I haven't done that before. Not that I'm incredibly you know uh, thankful for for everything California has to offer, but I think the number of new experiences was sort of um, you know trending trending off. So I took the opportunity to come up here um, and land at Seattle, and then you know as with everything else, all about the connections you build. Uh, somebody that I had worked with at Google, who I had been on uh, a team with, uh, had gone over to uh, Amazon Web Services, which is their cloud division, and, and was sort of the leader of a team over there. And one of her peers uh, had a job opening. So that opportunity sort of presented itself. And um, you know, I, I had had a really, really great experience with Google, but, you know, it was another job that sort of presented like a step up in terms of career progression and, and responsibility. Um, and so I think that, you know, good opportunity for me to go and, and try something new at a new place that I haven't worked before and sort of, you know, prove that I could, you know, ply my trade in a different operating environment, right. uh, sort of like works a little bit differently because they are both tech giants um amazon is a very different place from google in terms of the way that it that it operates yeah. um is working on new products and in a new landscape but it was it was a super valuable experience for me yeah i love it and so let's talk a little bit about that um you know it's a it's a pandemic proof industry if you will yes. right uh with technology and so there must have been um you know, uh, a feeling of security, if you will, um, in in switching jobs in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, we were still in lockdown in, mm -hmm. in May 2020 when yep. you when you took that position. And so I wonder I, I wonder if you could describe for us what that was like, um, you know, uh, being at essentially a company that exploded during the pandemic i mean obviously amazon was was already at the top of the world but um continued mm -hmm. to explode with growth obviously with everyone stuck at home and and um ordering uh like uh crazy people on amazon mm -hmm. um I, I haven't looked at the exact figures but i am certain that uh they were pretty oh, yeah. pretty amazing yeah what was that yeah. like what was that like i mean it was um I mean, that entire industry, the cloud industry has kind of just been on like an, an, an incredible sort of like up into the right trajectory across the past couple of years and will continue to be as mm -hmm. uh, as companies and, and corporations sort of identify like what they can outsource and resource to big vendors like Google and Microsoft and Amazon. They don't have to manage themselves anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and just like consumers are are ordering a lot more goods to their homes during the pandemic. Um, it was also sort of a, a kick in the butt for a lot of of companies to realize, like, hey, uh, we have to send people on site to manage some of our infrastructure and some of these other like cloud pieces. It'd be really great if we didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, from you know, <laughs> even on the enterprise side of the business, we still saw skyrocketing growth because companies realized that uh, sometimes stuff just turns the world sideways, uh, and the way we make it through that is to have somebody else sort of manage the scalability component for us so that we don't have to do it ourselves. And we can really just focus on like our core product and, and operating what we need to do for our customers. Right. Um, and so seeing, seeing our customers recognize that shift while I was working there uh, was, was, was really interesting to see and, and, you know, talking about experiences, right. Even just, just working for and being part of a team 
the half of, you know, beyond half of which has literally never seen the other people in person mm-hmm. um, is, is it's a super interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you, you, you find the ways to have the conversations to do the little side events to like do the, all, all the things you need to do to have um, camaraderie with people beyond just the work that you do together. Right. Well, speaking of super interesting, you were um, during your time at Amazon, you were working on, artificial intelligence and machine learning um, and those those deep learning frameworks and whatnot. Um, so I have to ask you, um, when will the robots take over? Um, <laughs> uh, that wasn't you know, a part of, it's, it's, it's a a part of our script. I, I, I would, a lot of what I worked on went very over my head. I will say that much. <laughs> Oh, come um, on. I don't believe but that. When it come, but when it comes to AI and ML, you know, I think the number one takeaway is uh, they will only take over when we decide we want them to. Ah, uh, there you uh, go. I like that. That makes me feel better. That makes everyone out there yeah. feel better. <laughs> Well, well, so let's get into let's get into outreach, right? Um, I, I want you to I want you to tell us about what outreach does yeah. first of all, and then we'll get into what you're doing with outreach. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about outreach. Yeah, I mean, so one, just to explain the shift, I think from an experience perspective, um, you know, Outreach is by no means a small company. We're 1,500 people now, but if you compare that to the many hundreds of thousands of people that work at Google and the literal millions <laughs> that work at Amazon, um, it's just, it's a very tiny blip on the map. Right. Um, and so I, having worked at, at in product marketing, the job that I do now for a while, was sort of looking for something it gave me an opportunity to be, you know, a much bigger piece of of what was going on, and and sort of work in a a more I don't know familial sort of tighter, more integrated environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's what I was really looking for this opportunity. But outreach is, you know, like Google and like Amazon, right? We're offering sort of a we're, it's it's a cloud based um, sales software. Um, so our customers uh, are, it's a platform that they're buying for their salespeople and sort of help them execute um, the the entire life cycle of a customer sale through from sort of generating a lead uh, at the beginning of a relationship, right? Like getting that initial interest, who wants to buy my product Mm -hmm. all the way through to like managing and closing that deal. So from the, the very first day that you get a potential customer in the door, through the day that you close and book that revenue as an organization, we have capabilities in there to help um, to help salespeople, to help sales managers um, sort of manage that entire process and end to end. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. So, so let's talk about product marketing manager. We've we actually have a number of our students that that mm-hmm. are, have gotten into uh, product marketing man- management and. Um, you know, I should uh, if you'll you'll remind me afterwards. I should connect you with a couple that I know that are that are yeah. really really um, doing some some cool things. But um, so tell us tell us in a nutshell like what your day to day is like. I mean, obviously, one of the things that's exciting about uh, I think that the positions that our our students tend to get into that there's there's not really a day to day, right? But but if you yeah. had to, if you had to give us a, a peek into what you do day on a day to day basis, uh, what, what yeah. would you say? 
So, I mean, product marketing in a nutshell, um, I, I think one of the most articulate phrasings of it is is something that was actually on a coffee mug that I got when I was at Google. Yeah. Um, but it's know the user, know the magic, connect the two, right? Ah. So know who you're selling to, know who your customer is, and then know and understand what is special and unique about your product or your service or whatever you're working on that matters to that person and then facilitate that connection right like those are sort of at, at the the end of the day like that's really what you're doing but mm. so for me a lot of my day-to-day -day looks like working with my product and engineering team to understand you know what's on our roadmap understanding what are the features that we're building the new capabilities that are coming in our product and you know not just what they do but the problems that they're going to solve for the people that are that are buying those products right or or what are these features um, where are they providing additive value to the experience that our customers are already having? Right. And then the other piece of that then, right, the, the, the understand the customer piece is spending a lot of time engaging with our salespeople, um, right. listening to recorded sales calls, like, and interacting with customers, just understanding, like, what are their needs? What are their perspectives? What are, what are their business problems? What are they trying to accomplish? Right. And even working with the product and engineering teams to, to provide that feedback and help prioritize the things that we should be focusing on to create the ideal uh, experience for our customers. Right. And then working with the rest of the functions within our marketing team to make sure that they're equipped with, you know, the right messaging and the right content in order to execute on the jobs that they need to do. So making sure that our demand generation team have the messaging that they need in order to build ad campaigns, making sure that, um, you know, our field marketing teams have, you know, the, the messaging and product focus they need to go execute an event for the right audience and make sure we're talking about the right things. Uh -huh. um, so if, if I have, if I can use a sports analogy, I think it seems like the right conversation to do that. Yeah. Being a product marketing manager is a lot like being the, the quarterback for your product. You see uh -huh. the entire field and you sort of understand, here's the plays that I need to make in order to get us to the end zone, yeah. right? And the people that you work with, whether it's your product and engineering teams, whether it's the other components of your marketing teams are the ones that are helping you like get to that goal. Yeah, well, just make sure you have a good left tackle to 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 um, exactly yes look out look out <laughs> for that uh look out for that blindside blitz <laughs> right <laughs> Trent Williams right <laughs> there you go well um I love that Kevin that's a really that's a really great description and um and I and I just sent you a link to uh to Alicia Carney who is um okay. in uh she is in uh, product marketing as well and I'm, I'm sure there's like. 10 others uh but I, I mean i can't think of it off the top of my head but um that would be a good connection and and for others who are interested in product marketing as well um kevin i i uh i really appreciate the time i don't want to keep you too much longer but i do want to end with a couple of uh yeah. look back look backs right like uh if you could give if you could give junior year kevin some advice uh you could go back in time and do some time travel uh what advice do you think you would give yourself um the one thing that i think will always stick with me is that i wish i had taken the opportunity to travel more when i was in college um whether study abroad or some other similar type of opportunity i think you know make travel a bigger part of your life is something I would have told 
me at that point in time and, and sort of make that a part of your life earlier than I did. Um, you know, I, I wasn't somebody that did a lot of international travel until after I graduated school. And that's something I wish I had, I had started to do earlier and got some of those experiences. Um, so that's one piece. And, and that's kind of more specific. I think the more nebulous piece and the advice that I think I would give most people is just that like, you don't, you don't have to feel like you have it all figured out yeah. by the time that you graduate, yeah. right? Like you go to college and this is kind of what I was saying earlier to like, to get a good foundation and a good set of capabilities and get good, you know, exposure to a diversity of backgrounds and perspectives. And over the course of your career, that can set you up to do a lot of incredible things. Yeah. Um, and so what you do right out of college, you know, it's, it's a lot of people feel a lot of pressure for that to be the right thing for that to be the forever thing. And yeah. as somebody who's gone through multiple different careers, doing sports events, uh, partner marketing, and now product marketing, like, you know, it, it's it, stuff may naturally evolve. Like that first thing you do doesn't have to be the right answer. It might be, and you might do it forever and you might love it. And that's right. amazing. Um, but you know, just taking some of that pressure off of like whatever feels like the right thing at the moment. And that's like most aligned with your interests and your career path in the moment, like something that you, that you should feel good about. And it's okay if that involves and changes over time. Love it. Love it. What about the person, um, who listens to this podcast and says, whether it's one of our current students or, or whether it's um, a young professional out there who says, wow, I really love hearing what Kevin's doing and, and product marketing management management. What advice would you give them to, to, to go to start heading down that path? Um, I think the number one thing for, for, for product marketers and for the work that I do is, is really invest in your ability to, to write and communicate well. Um, that's the foundation for a lot of jobs. But I think for being in product marketing, especially, it's something that that will, you know, that will set you up for success. And, mm. and the other thing I think is, is just start looking for resources that you can engage with. So if anybody's interested in product marketing in particular, mm-hmm. um, there's an entire uh, organization online. It's called the Product Marketing Alliance. Um, that sort of spans all the way from entry level through to very senior level content. And all they do is talk about product marketing and the development of the product marketing industry. And they have mm-hmm. Slack channels and meetups and community events and all sorts of stuff that people can get engaged with if it's a, if it's a career path that they're interested in, in exploring. And if you know, I mean, if they know anybody that's in their network who is in product marketing, feel free to talk to them and, and set up and learn what it's about. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and, and ask me what it's like. You know, I'm happy Love to have it. those conversations with folks. Love it. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. I know you got a, I know you got a heart out. You got another meeting uh, coming up, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to go get another cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> I'm sure up there in Seattle, they just uh, that, you know, they have uh storks deliver coffee to your door uh, pretty regularly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, or or Amazon, but yes. Or Amazon, yeah, right. I should have said Amazon drone uh, delivers coffee. Yeah. Uh, you just snap your fingers and the Amazon coffee bot just trembles its way down the street. <laughs> right. I'm kind of joking, but also not really. Not joking. <laughs> right. I love it. Kevin, thank you so much. It's so thank great you. to reconnect with you and um, just cannot thank you enough for your time. Of course. Great to see you.